to when cinephiles attack a weekly podcast where four movie fans (laughs) test the limits of their friendship i'm mella i'm rashawn and we are here with josh and lacy we are being put on the spot and we haven't even started yet i know i was like should we tell them probably not um before we get started y'all know what it is take a minute follow us like, subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Rate and review us on anywhere you can get your podcasts. Leave us those five stars. Email us at whencinephilesattack at gmail.com. We'll get episodes like this where Carmela and I banter <laughs> for the intro. Well, if you haven't guessed it, we're doing a bit of a special episode. Rashani, take it away. Yes, things are a little different today because people have been using that email address and reaching out to us. And we are combining two really awesome emails because they have a lot of things in common, like we're going to talk about today. Um, But we're doing a listener episode. This is a request from two very awesome people who have reached out to us. And we're just going to jump into it. Hell yeah. The reason that you hear both my and Carmela's beautiful voices is because these movies are crazy, but um, at least one of us has latched on to a movie, so we're going to co-host. We are fighting about two movies that came out in 2018 that, like Rashawn said, are both kind of fucked up in different natures, so I'm going to kick it off first. Firstly, we are fighting about... Sorry to bother you. Hey, Cash, how much longer I gotta wait for my money? God made this land for all of us. Greedy people like you wanna hog it to yourself and your family and- Me and my family? Yeah. Cash, I'm your fucking uncle. I just really need a job. 40 on two. This is telemarketing. Stick to the script. Hey, hello. Uh, Mr. Davidson, Cash is green here. Sorry to bother. Let me give you a tip. You want to make some money here? Use your white voice. My white voice? I'm never talking about Will Smith's wife. Like this young blood. Hey, Mr. Kramer. This is Langston from Regal View. So Sorry to Bother You is a 2018 American surrealist black comedy written and directed by Boots Riley in his directorial debut. It stars Lakeith Stanfield, Tessa Thompson, Jermaine Fowler, Omari Hardwick, Terry Crews, Patton Oswalt, David Cross, Danny Glover, Stephen Yoon, and Army Hammer. The film follows Cassius Green, a young black telemarketer who adopts a white accent to succeed at his job. Swept into a corporate conspiracy, he must choose between money and joining his activist friends to organize labor. So this request comes from our listener, John from CT. What's up, John from CT? What's up? And he sent us an email, so I'm going to read it. He gave us the go. It says, hey guys, just got to the end of Sherlock Holmes episode from this year. No comment is in parentheses. 
And I thought it would be absolutely bonkers if you guys tackled the film Sorry to Bother You. Thanks and love your show. Thanks, John. Sorry um, they John. did you dirty in Sherlock Holmes, John. Yeah. I tried. What? Nobody did anybody dirty in that I tried. episode. I tried. It Talk wasn't about... that dirty. Please do not ruin John from CT's episode. <laughs> this is for him. Thanks for sending us the love, John. We we really do. It makes our day every single time. With that being said, John, I make no promises for how this episode's going to go. <laughs> so with that being said, because this is going to be a jam-packed episode, because um, we are doing two listener requests, we're going to break the movies down in three simple categories. The good, the bad, and the what the fuck. So we're going to jump right in. We're going to start with Sorry to Bother You. So let's start off with the good. Lacey, I feel, is this your first time watching it or is this Josh's first time watch, watching it? It's a half first watch for both of us. So we both had seen up until a certain point and I think we watched it on a flight or something mm-hmm. um, yeah. and then had to stop and then we just never went back to it. Um, so this is like a partial first watch for okay. me. Yeah, we had, we, get to a certain part on the plane <laughs> i know we, i thought no. i got to the twist yeah. on the plane we got on the plane we got to where he starts using his white voice and starts raking in the sails uh so there's there's another surprise in store for you there's a whole other yeah. movie in store yeah yeah <laughs> that being said if you've seen sorry to bother you you know how fucking he said bonkers it is it's it's fucking crazy I saw this film in in the theater. I want to say it was like a... It was a screening. A screening, yeah. So I remember thinking, this is nuts. Like, this is not going to make it to the theater with this ending. And it really fucking did. Um, I can't remember what's different about it anymore. But I fucking loved it. This is insane. I don't even know if I understand what happened. But I've never seen anything like this before. And then I put it away and I watched it again a couple months ago. And then I watched it again last night. And I'm like, I fucking love this movie. It's so fucking <laughs> crazy. So the good for me is that I do feel like I can't compare it to any other movie. I feel like Boots Riley literally said, like, this is my fucking script. This is my movie. I'm going to do what the fuck I want with it. Everything that I put on the page, I'm going to put on the screen and nobody's going to tell me shit. Like, it's very much an art piece. And I respect it for that. Like, sometimes maybe you don't like things, but then you just got to, like, step back and respect it for what it is. And you're like, all right. And I feel like after the third watch, that's kind of what I took away from it. Yeah. Um... Yeah. <laughs> is it hard for you to say the good? No, not at all. Um, actually, I just want to make it clear that we decided to pick two of the most heady movies we've ever done. Absolutely. For a double feature. Yep. Yeah. So this is a task for editing, yeah. Rashawn. Um, this movie's really good. The good is, I think, the performances and every single person in this cast is funny as shit. Down to the to the straight man, Stephen Yoon. The sort of outlandish, uh, uh, what's not debauchery? What's her actual name? Debucheri. Yeah, Diana Debucheri. <laughs> yeah, it, I think the comedy for me is is where this movie really takes off running. 
and I think it's fantastic. And and choice of actors for white voice and David Cross and Patton Oswalt <laughs> inspired, inspired. It's incredible. I know we're not going too deep, but I really, really enjoy this movie. Okay, I wasn't sure, honestly. I was like, I feel yeah. like Josh could either really like it or be like, fuck this movie. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Lacey, you got to say something good. Uh, I will say that I fucking loved this movie. That's what? That's my good thing. Oh, my God. <laughs> I fucking loved what? it. Visually, I-, I was so taken aback in every frame of the movie by the set dressing, this the sets and the props and the mm-hmm. way that the storytelling is done through scenery is so immaculate. Like it's just so well done and the you could watch the story on mute and know exactly where Lakeith Stanfield's character was at in the story based on what was going on around him. So I was like really impressed by that. I think that's like my big good, but I could go on about a whole bunch of things that I liked about this movie. I just read, and it, as soon as I read it, I it was so apparent to me that um, it was so apparent to me that Boots Riley derived a lot of inspiration from Michel Gondry and the way that he paid homage to him in the movie. They have very similar dreamlike styles. And with Eternal Sunshine being my favorite movie ever of all time, like I see the homage he paid and the inspiration that he got and the way he did it his own way was really, really, really cool. The really cut in cool. the cut in like scenes from like another scene. Yeah. Like very eternal yeah. sunshine. Just like we're just dropping yeah. you right into the scene. Which is one of my favorite yeah. things about the movie is I don't know, it kind of also reminded me of theater, where like in theater, anything goes, you can literally just like pull in a whole different room and you're like, okay, we're in this room. And you just go with it. Yeah, yeah you just go with yeah, it. Yeah, Boots, he, he gives his audience a lot of credit in this. He trusts that his audience is going to pick up the, the things that are unspoken, the things in between scenes. He trusts that the audience is going to pick up things that they need to pick up for the story to continue. And I really appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Rashani? Some good. Uh, <laughs> I have no good. I'm just kidding. Yeah, I I love this movie. I um, when we went to the test screening, I was just like, "The fuck was this?" <laughs> <laughs> and um, I I still it's so much to chew on. Like Josh yeah. said, it, this is such a heady movie, and it it deals with you know capitalism and labor and you know, co-opting and, and black and white relations. And it, and it's all there. And it, and I, every time I watch it, I just come away feeling worked over in the best way possible. And I, don't, I don't know yeah. what to do with it. I think 2018 was such a great year for movies that were distinct and diverse. I think this is the second after Blind Spotting movie about the Bay Area, mm-hmm. um, which baffles me that, Green Book won Best Picture. But that's not the episode we're going to Oh, here we go. (laughs) (laughs) But um, yeah, I echo what everyone said. Lakeith, Tessa, Steven, Jeremy, Omari, Army. I I think everyone's great. Everyone's cast so perfectly, I think. It's really, really crazy. And he's so, Boots is so distinct. You know, he he comes from a musical background and you kind of 
feel that in the, in the editing and the, the flow and the propulsive energy of the story. And when we get to where we get to, <laughs> you're just, um, you're not, you're never ready for it, but the movie expects you to not be ready for it. And uh, we'll talk about that on a second. All right. So we're starting off great. Okay. So now we're going to talk about the bad. Don't mistake it for the what the fuck. But maybe they're kind of a little bit of both. I'm not going to go first this time. I'm going to go with Lacey. What do you think I'm going to say, Mella? What do you think it's going to be? I know one scene in particular that I was like, Lacey is convulsing right now. Yeah, him covered in poop at the... (laughs) Yes! He's covered in shit. And then we're supposed to believe that this 80-year-old, like... What the capital dressed and makeup weird old white lady is going to stand within 10 feet of him when he's covered in chunky shit? No. Yeah, but absolutely it's like, not. It's all, you know, like satire. Satire. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They're like, this is this is MTV. This is what the kids want. Like we're doing. We're watching stupid shit like this. And we're just like, OK, but it's I'm not even. Ta- OK. Okay, it's satire. Whatever. But this man is covered in literal shit. Nobody would stand that close to him. And I'm, uh, the fact that, like, it was all over his face, no. Bad. It didn't even look like shit. No, I mean, I'm not going to agree with you here. I thought it was absolutely pretty fucking disgusting. It looked disgusting. like beans. It looked <laughs> like chocolate beans. Yeah. <laughs> My belief was suspended, and I was thoroughly disgusted. (laughs) This was after the horse cocks, though. Yeah. This was a a bridge too far for you? Um, We're talking about the bad right now. The next section, we will get to it, Rashawn. Okay, but but, but the shit is bad? Yes. But it's so necessary. It's not. Just the show. When have we seen poop? On a contestant on that show up until that point, we have not. It's true. It's just let me beat the shit out of you. Because he has to go to like the lowest of the lowest of the low to reveal this. But video. see, I he he already was. He he already did it by going on the show that he despised and getting the shit kicked out of him. He's at his most desperate point. I don't need to see him covered in shit to emphasize that. Getting beat up is not as Humiliating as cooking. humiliating as as being covered in poop and for everyone to see, you know what I mean? Well, I yes, but you have to look at it from the context of the movie. He had disdain for this show even ahead of time, and what that message meant as far as the society that this was one of the biggest grossing TV shows in the world at the time. I think it was all it already told the story to me that he stooped to that level quote unquote to get his point across that was enough and this is not just me not like in poop jokes like <laughs> i i didn't need it he was already at the bottom you of know, the barrel at his lowest point yeah okay. and he's scared shitless that the well nice. god not damn shitless. it <laughs> shitful um, that yeah he's, I, it's... he's taking the drug yeah, I guess the only reason I push back is because it's so it's such a striking image that it, it like sticks with you 
and his eye like i think lakeith's eyes are so powerful and in that moment that's all you get is his his desperation to reveal this and then the irony that it doesn't work you know that it Mm -hmm. it raises their stocks is just a really sad it's like a really sad moment even though he's Mm -hmm. you know covered in what he's covered in but i i agree i agree but i feel like just before we had our our worlds rocked as far as what we saw on screen you're not gonna shock me more than what you just showed me and i don't necessarily think it was for shock factor but like everything after that is underwhelming you know what i mean (laughs) all right josh give it to me um honestly i only have one this movie I'm going to touch on a little more good before I hit the bad. This movie is one of the most succinct forms of surrealism I've ever seen. Like, and it, it's so fine tuned with every, every surreal beat that it hits. I think it's kind of bulletproof in that way, but my negative also has to do with the show. <laughs> and when Lakeith went on it, you cannot tell me, well, let's give it benefit of the doubt and say that it's a live show. That's what I took. You cannot tell me that those producers don't cut away the moment that shit hits. The shit or the video? Sorry. (laughs) The video. (laughs) The video. I I don't think that video makes it on air. And it kind of took me out of it a little bit. Whether the producers pull the plug once it starts air or the fact that they didn't watch it ahead of time. And I get it. That's that could also be sort of hubris of the show of this program that they'll show anything. Obviously, they'll show anything just to get shock and views, but you can't convince me that even in a surreal world that that tape makes it longer than four seconds on the air. That's fair. I feel like I feel like it could, though, because you don't know necessarily. I mean, they don't look it's nothing you've ever seen before. So it could ease, you know, it could be shock. It could. I don't know. I could. Yeah. And I, I went with it. You don't see their bottom half, honestly. My thing is you can't, You, I guess I should be more specific. You can't convince me that they don't watch that ahead of time and then see that Steve Lift is at the end and put it on the air. Because to me, he seems like an one of those all-encompassing, he owns every, at least someone in every company, kind of almost Zuckerbergian level power. You would have to go with like this, they don't, yeah, like you would just have to go with the plot that they don't watch anything and they're just like, okay, yeah, pop it on the screen. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that um, could be written off as the hubris of the network of the TV show. Honestly, that's kind of the only bad thing I have, and that's such a little nitpicky thing that I could keep talking about the good if we wanted to, because I think this is such a well-crafted movie in terms of... This is such a well-crafted genre movie that almost more than any other movie we've had on, I think this movie hits our constant critique of knowing what it is. Right this might be the sort of uh, golden example of that. That's it. That's all I got to say bad about it. I love that. I guess my my bad would be that I think that it it kind of, it could be two movies. I feel like the critique of Regal View and and climbing to be a, a power caller, that is such a, that could be such a contained, sharp, succinct critique. And then the second half of the movie kind of explodes and and goes way farther. Yeah. Um, and I think there's so much going on visually and metaphorically that it 
maybe gets a little lost in the sauce a little bit in the in the third act. Right. But that's not to say that it's bad. It's just a little overwhelming. Yeah. I mean, this is the third time I've seen it, and I'm still just like, Man. excuse me? What? I don't know how to say, I'm going to say this, and if you understand the metaphor, you do, and if you don't, I can't explain it to you. But the third act, like the moment the party begins and and Cash discovers the Equisapiens and everything that are out, has the pace of a of a drum solo. And like, and if we talked about Boots Riley being a musician, and it's like it's a, a frenetic pace that has like fills and 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 different rhythms mixed in to it, but it never stops. It feels like, and I mean that in a good way. Yeah. Like you, the whole time you're watching it, you can feel your heart in your chest. Like, what the fuck? See, I think the movie kind of grinds to a halt a little bit after the party. Take mm-hmm. all the stuff where he and Detroit kind of sleep together again. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that slows the momentum down. Mm-hmm. And if it kind of... I forgot what that part Yeah, because after he turns down becoming an Equisapien... He goes home and like sleeps it off and then he meets with Detroit again and they sleep together and then he goes back to expose them and all of that is kind of that that could be cut down a little bit and just cut right to the the riots and the war and him being locked up in the yeah, in the truck. We watch this yeah, we watched that this for the first time and replaying it in my head that whoops, that part wasn't even there. It was party lost cell phone reaching out to news outlets going on the show breaking in riot yeah yeah it kind of quiets down for a little bit and you're like wait 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 wait. yeah you cannot let those guys literally out of the stall (laughs) and then like quiet down i don't know yeah i mean that falls into like my bad i don't really have like a full-fledged one i think Maybe after seeing it for the first time, I would say like, oh, it's a little long, but then I wouldn't know what to cut out. But I think it is really like that tempo right there where you're like, because to me, when Joshua, you were saying like, it is like really fast paced because you're kind of anxious. You're also like, what the fuck did I just see? And you're kind of riding it with cash. And then to your point, Rashawn, yeah, you're just like, okay, I, I mean, you guys are sleeping together. That's cool. But like, what the fuck just happened with the horses? that would be my bad is like if they just took that part out because it doesn't really i mean it doesn't move the 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 plot forward at all i don't i hesitate to call it a bad and i hesitate to call it a what the fuck because i wasn't like what the fuck the detroit squeeze romance Uh it was very natural and like it it like it was never forced like yeah it it felt very real like if this was all happening and they were in the trenches of this together and they would form a connection but like for a movie I don't know if I ever needed it. Like I, I understood it and it felt real. Like the, the escalation of their relationship relationship felt natural, but like I never really, I don't know. It never yeah. really felt necessary to the movie. I agree. I feel like that that's one thing that on the page, I'd be like, you can, you can red X this and we'll just keep, we'll keep going. Cause yeah, we... I mean, it was already like under two hours though. Right. Like it's a tight movie. Yeah, it's one fifty. Yeah. And I, I love, tessa and and steven and they have great chemistry but it's like you either keep that romance or you stick with what we're about to talk about because both of them kind of fight for time in the third act a little bit yeah Mm -hmm. 
as great as they both are. All right, guys. The what the fuck? <laughs> Sorry. I'm just, before we jump into it, I didn't know Forrest Whitaker was the voice of the first sequence. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I didn't either. Also, uh, Lily James is Tessa's white mm-hmm. voice. Mm-hmm. Last category, the what the fuck. I think we're all on the same page with this one. Um, the equo- yep. Yeah, the, the, the major horse cock. The large horsemen. This was one of those things, the first time Stop. I saw it, I was not sure if I liked it. And I almost was like, I hope that's not the end. I do hope that they take that out and like reconfigure it. And then I went home and I was like, but they can't. Like, that's such a major thing that they, how would you take that out of the film? That's like such a huge plot plot point. Um, and then my second and third time around, I was like, I fuck yeah, I like it. <laughs> <laughs> like I said at the beginning, it's just so strange. It's almost something that you like see in a dream and you try to tell your friends about and they're like, Carmelo, what the <laughs> fuck, man? Stop eating cereal before bed. And then you write it into a script <laughs> and it's really fucking awesome. So I don't think what the fuck to me means like what the fuck bad. It just means literally what the fuck did I just watch? I think Rashawn, you have said this multiple times in a movie that you get to a certain point and it's the make or break point. Like you're either on the ride with this movie or you're not. And this is definitely that point in this movie. And it definitely what the fuck jarred me. But the movie had already set me up for such weird, surreal, satirical shit that I I was like, okay, I guess this is the direction we're going now. Like, I don't feel like we we went to a hard stop, like you said, Rashawn, and I don't feel like we zoomed ahead like you felt, Josh. I feel like we did a full, like, 90-degree turn, stopped where we were and zoomed in a different direction from what we were expecting. I, think, I really think that's the point where you're like, okay, I'm in or I'm out. And I, I decided I was in for this one. <laughs> I'm so shocked by that, honestly. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I think also because the the Equo Sapiens are mostly practical. They're not all CGI. And yep. I think that's a huge reason why I kind of dug it. Because it, it didn't feel like a new element being added to the film itself. It felt like a new element to the story. Mm. So I was into it. Yeah, I was like, it's the practical. The practical makeup is either gonna get her, or the whole thing is just gonna <laughs> not. <laughs> like she's gonna be like, fuck this movie. <laughs> All right, Sean, what's your what the fuck moment? Mm, I mean, it's the it's the horse. Um, <laughs> it's uh, it, I, I mean, it it, it works. You know, it, it's there's not much that's subtle about this movie. So, like Lacey said. You're not prepared for it, but you're prepared for it. Yeah. Especially when he goes off to look for a bathroom. It's it's even shot like, you know, some sort of anticipation. You're So you're waiting for something to come out of the shadows or, or something. Um, I think the, the Equisapiens work is this really almost cruel metaphor. I mean, I mean, 
you know, this movie deals a lot with slave labor. There's kind of, you know, alluding to, you know, working like a horse, working like a, <laughs> my mom says, working like a Georgia mule. Um, black men are, are kind of fetishized to be hung like horses. And mm-hmm. I, I think that's very pointedly that he has black men voicing the horses and, and being put to work and held in captivity. So it's all there, and it's, like I said, not a subtle metaphor, but as jarring as it is, once you're used to it, (laughs) the visual of it, it it works. And yeah, yeah, I'm still not used to seeing it. When he falls (laughs) out the bathroom, and I'm just like, I still can't believe they got away with this. Yeah, it's so wild. Are we we talking about the horses as a whole or the horse cocks? Because... Maybe both. A little bit of both? Mm -hmm. Yeah. A little bit of both, yeah. Because honestly... I was less shocked than I, th- in retrospect, than I thought I would be when that happened. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the penises are jarring. Huge, <laughs> practical penises. <laughs> but they did such a, like I said, the, you can, like you said, he's such a, Boots Riley is such a musician. He, the tempo at the party from the moment it opens with Army Hammer doing a line to everything that happens afterwards to the rapping to the meeting to the this weird video to his creepy hallway in the basement with the green doors it it is such a crescendo that when it happens it's like yeah this is something this insane is how this is the only option with how much everything was building to get here it had to be this insane honestly the the most what the fuck horse moment for me was actually the end at first i didn't like it when he at the very end when he turned and he had the nostrils but then i thought about it and it's like of course of course he was given the horse activator yeah but then i was like well it's been you know however they a couple weeks they said then i thought about it some more and it's like well it wouldn't be instant it's not like popeye eating a can of spinach Mm -hmm. it's gonna take time and army hammer in the scene was he he wasn't rushed he he had him snort he's like here's your offer go home sleep about it think about it I went from it being I not liking the ending to like, oh, okay. I was still kind of not expecting it. And I don't think it's a negative what the fuck when it happened. But right. it, was, I, it, was, it was strangely more jarring to me than the original horse reveal. But ultimately, it, yeah, it's not a bad what the fuck. It's just it was shocking. Can you guys imagine getting this script? Like, oh. Can you imagine being like, so I really want you to play this guy Cassius. <laughs> Read through this and let me know what you think. And what? then just be like, yeah, fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, let's do it. Well, I, I did read that it was um, uh, Donald Glover. Yeah, it was mm-hmm. it was him first. And then he had to do Atlanta. And he was like, how about you check out my boy? We're on Atlanta together. It, I yeah. can see both of them doing it. Oh, Different, but totally, totally. Different. Donald Glover is so laid back. Yeah. Exactly. But yeah. It would have been interesting. Look, Keith always has, with characters like this and a little bit of his character in Atlanta too, he's always got this undercurrent of like, he's stressed, so I'm stressed watching him. <laughs> yes. It comes through on the screen so well, which is why his character in The Heart of They Fall is so good because he doesn't have that and he's so fucking cool in it. I digress. But he does the, yeah, he's got this, uh, from the moment he has his sonic exploding monologue, there's just sort of, it's tense to watch him. Good actor. <laughs> we like him. Fantastic. Fantastic. My other what the fuck is also at the party. And it's Cassius's rap. And this mm-hmm. kind of 
alludes to um this kind of connects to in theater experiences with two other movies that i both saw with carmella and that was black klansman same year right? and licorice pizza yeah Black Klansman mm-hmm. was also 2018. Yeah, mm-hmm. so many great black green. Uh, so bad. Um, <laughs> um, but there is a feeling that we had in Black Klansman. There were a lot of white people in the audience when we saw Black Klansman, and there are some bits of comedy that are race related, and there's laughter coming from the theater and I look over to Carmela, one of the few black people in the theater with me and there's just an uncomfortable feeling mm-hmm. and there are also some jokes mm-hmm. in Licorice Pizza with a character making some Asian he literally goes into an Asian dialect and, and PTA has responded and said that it's supposed to highlight his ignorance and his stupidity but there's something about once you've made the movie and you put it out, you kind of can't gauge or uh, anticipate how the audience is going to react. And you can't always know that the audience is going to get where your humor is coming from Mm -hmm. and whether they're laughing at it or with it. Right. I think the Cassius's rap takes that on its head and puts, puts the N word in white people's mouths <laughs> and lets them co-opt not only that word, but AAVE and black culture and hip hop culture and kind of like holds up a mirror to that. So if you're watching it, it almost like dares you to laugh a little bit because it's so mm. jarring and it's so uncomfortable. But mm. in a way that if people in the audience are laughing, me as a black viewer, I won't necessarily feel uncomfortable. And I don't know how to like, reckon with that feeling because it it, it happens so often and in black Klansmen, i wanted to like walk out because the only people like guffawing were middle-aged white dudes and i was just like i gotta get out of here (laughs) i think there was it was like literally me rashawn and then a couple chairs down it was a black chick and i remember just like us doing like the black check-in like girl you good and she (laughs) like looked at us like what the fuck like we had that mutual understanding like we're not laughing. Why is everybody else laughing? <laughs> and it was just, yeah. I was like, Rashawn, I've never felt like so uncomfortable in a movie to the point yeah. where I was like, I, I do want to watch it again, but not in a theater experience. <laughs> like oh, it no. was just very strange. Absolutely. Hooping and hollering and Adam Driver's character starts saying what he says. Yeah. 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 I, mean, I mean, honestly, moments like that where I'm like, mm-hmm. I, I think I know what Spike was intending and I think I know what P- PCA was going for. But I don't know if everyone in the theater is in agreement. Right. And you guys are making me very scared for my life. <laughs> <laughs> it was so itchy it, it, in, a, in a good way. Again, this is all a good... It's, you can tell, I think, personally, from my having seen it one time, You, it seems like you could tell that Boots was showing a, a, a mirror with a, the words, fuck you, kind of painted over the mirror. Yeah. to mm-hmm. a certain certain members of his audience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was so uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, and it, and it, uh, uncomfortable in the best way where it's like this is a black filmmaker. He also wrote it and when Lakeith starts in you're kind of like <laughs> okay, 
but then the audience like joins in and you're right. just like whew, like you breathe for a second and then it goes on and it keeps going yeah. i don't know for so long, for so long. i like I, I kept watching the audience too because you know uh, carmelo you brought it up in the in the batman episode we're so integrated into the film world now that like it's hard to just sit back and view it as a viewer yeah so i'm watching the background people and i'm putting myself in this situation and like i don't i don't think i could do it i don't think i could (laughs) do it and there were a few people who i could tell were not actually mouthing along but i feel like that's (laughs) <laughs> there were some that did and then that exactly that in and of itself is a micro mirror up into mm-hmm. the big mirror that you're talking about Rishan. um yeah there was a i think there's a a great story about um Django and leo not really being comfortable with calvin candy and i think he went to samuel jackson and samuel was just like dude you just gotta like either fucking go for it or don't go for it <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, you're asking the right person because Samuel yeah. Jackson is just like, <laughs> I've worked with Quentin for all my life. Like, just fucking do it or don't do it. And some of them people in the audience are going for it. <laughs> <laughs> going for it. Like I said, there's a lot going on in the movie, but that five or ten minutes is such a clear, concise critique of hip hop culture, black culture, black and white culture. And yeah, I thought it was, it's what the fuck, but it's, it's a, well executed what the fuck and i took i took it too as a pretty big critique on especially rich white white culture in taking hip-hop like the the common joke is you see you know all the white people at a kanye concert is sort of the common joke right Mm -hmm. and i saw it as critique on that as well that like oh it's in a rap song now white people feel like they can say it army's basically telling him to get up and dance for the crowd Mm -hmm. you know what i mean and put on a show or shuck and jive, whatever you want to call it. And and that's, he tries to rap because he quote unquote can't rap. And then he just gives them what they want. What they and, want. Yeah. Yeah. All right, guys. I feel like we, we did pretty well wrapping it up in three little categories. Yeah. We'll wrap it up in a nice little bow at the end of this. I'm going to kick it over to Rashadi. All right, y'all. That went so well that I am. Fucking nervous. <laughs> Thanks for letting me go first. <laughs> I figured you had to because I know one very strong opinion about this next movie we are fighting about, which is Alex Garland's Annihilation. Jesus be a mediator. Okay. <laughs> Your husband's here. Let me see him. He's extremely ill. You have to tell me where he was, what he was doing. It was his decision to go in. It's something they termed the shimmer. We've sent in drones and teams of people, but nothing comes back. But something has. You're a biologist. You served in the military. If I knew what happened, I could save his life. The boundary's getting bigger, it's expanding. We're talking cities, states. You need to know what's inside. Annihilation is a 2018 sci-fi horror film written and directed by Alex Garland. It's adapted from the novel of the same name by Jeff Vandermeer. It stars Natalie Portman, Oscar Isaac, 
Tessa Thompson again. What's up, girl? Gina Rodriguez, Benedict Wong, and Jennifer Jason Lee. Annihilation tells the story of Lena, a biologist who, after her husband's sudden reappearance, travels with a group of scientists into the Shimmer, a sinister and mysterious phenomenon that threatens their safety and their sanity. And we are doing this movie because of another fantastic email from another listener by the name of Michael. And it reads, Hey Cinephiles, I just wanted to say thank you for the many hours of entertainment. I recently pulled an all-nighter working on a project. This would have been much less fun if I didn't have you guys in my ear the whole time, keeping me awake with your hilarious banter, thoughtful criticism, and solid rebuttals. That last one was probably about me. <laughs> well, you think Shut so? up, Josh. <laughs> it's great to be able to listen to a podcast about debating movies where the hosts are clearly having fun time. If you are looking for suggestions for movies to cover on the podcast, my favorite subgenre is weird, fucked up, surreal movies like Eraserhead, holy shit, uh, The Lobster, Sorry to Bother You, which we just talked about, so you get a double episode today, Michael, and Annihilation. If you guys wanted to cover anything like that, it would be rad. Thanks, Michael. P.S. Lacey, cover your ears. Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again is one of my most despised <laughs> movies of all time. <laughs> God go, damn. Lacey, uncover your ears. Oh, no. You sent this in the group chat, and I saw it. So there's no... That's all that but, nice but, Nope. Spirited Away is one of the best movies you guys have talked about on the podcast. Just because this wouldn't be a true WCA email without a hot take. Hey. Sorry, Lise. Say it to my face. <laughs> Say it to my face. I don't know where he is. <laughs> <laughs> you want me to go find Michael? You want me to go find Michael? I'll find Michael. Michael, find me on social media. We need to have a talk. We need to have a talk. Only about the second part. Only the second part. So, you guys, 2018, the year of the, the mind fuck. Yep. We just did a, yeah. a surreal comedy mm-hmm. um, jumping over to the sci-fi side i was so pumped for this movie ex machina was incredible i think it's it's one of the best sci-fi films ever made so when this was announced and the cast was announced i was just i i could not wait for this movie to come out yep and went to see it at the lemley support local indie theaters yes and um i was blown away I immediately loved it. I think it's a patient, horrifying movie. It's the slow burn. If if someone just like put a knife in your stomach and just kind of like slowly turned it as you're like begging them to stop and they just keep going deeper, that's a little too graphic. Probably won't put it in. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then but it feels good, but you then you keep asking them to go deeper and like <laughs> Hard, but then you let like, out a moan. Blood, and then, so where's like... the blood going? <laughs> Only you um, have the power to keep that in or not. I know. We'll see. <laughs> keep that in. Keep that in. But I, I've also, and this is one, only one interpretation of the movie, but I've never seen an alien invasion from this angle in, in such a quiet way. Usually there's like explosions and flying saucers. And this is like a, mind fuck of a the beginning stages it scarred me there are things in this movie i will never forget seeing yeah i think 
the cast across the board is fantastic. The direction is incredible. I'm, I'm a huge fan of Annihilation. I honestly, because of what I think I know, I don't know if good, bad, and what the fuck will work. <laughs> so let's just slide back into our regular format for a second. I'm going to start with my safety net, and I'm going to go to Carmela. Um. Yeah. Okay. I absolutely dig this movie. It has Natalie okay. Portman, so sign me the fuck up. I love her so much. Um, and then I'm a huge Gina Rodriguez fan, so there's that. But I also think this is not a movie that, if you've been listening, you would think I would like. Or I just feel like it's it's just a total mind fuck. And Josh, you said this about Sorry to Bother You. This is a movie to me that knows what it is. And it just goes there. And at the end of it, I feel like down to the score, it's spine chilling. I remember watching this and later that night I was like, I feel like I wasn't scared, but now I'm in my room and it's dark and I'm fucking terrified. (laughs) And I think there's like this stillness to this movie that is really haunting because everything seems kind of inevitable inevitable there's like this impending doom the whole time it just stays with you even after the movie yeah i fucking love this movie um josh hey Mm -hmm. hi i had never seen this movie before um did not know that okay i remember when the i remember when the trailer came out i was very excited for it because the trailer was fucking good and had the score and that really iconic three notes that is peppered throughout then someone i know gave me a review of it and i was like maybe i won't watch it so i watched it for the first time this past week and i really like this movie i really enjoyed it it's it's really heady um if i had to do uh, a, a bad the the dialogue gets a little a little soapy especially at the beginning during some of the exposition it's a little it's a little whispered and it's a little everything's said with a furrowed brow and like, okay, I get it. Um, but aside from that, like once they hit the shimmer and shit starts kicking off, like like Mella, you said, that's a perfect way to describe it. There's this there's this sort of inevitability of everything. And it's like, I see him walking, but I don't see how they're going to survive. And <laughs> spoiler alert. So I think I really enjoyed it. And there's some good twists. We'll talk about the twists in a little, in, a, in about a minute or two. But... <laughs> For a first-time viewer, I I wish I had seen it in the theater because it is a mm-hmm. fucking gorgeous movie. Yeah. Like yeah. the the scenery and the and the shots and the the blending of practical and and CGI, practical sets and CGI, and it's fucking gorgeous. I wish I had seen it in the theater, but ultimately it's really good. And I think this is this is the best acting I think I've ever seen Gina Rodriguez do too. So like that was a little fun <gasps> little me. aside. I said, I, what I, said. D- I don't think Josh is watching Jane the Virgin. I've seen two episodes. <laughs> Have you? <laughs> Cumulative. I, of all the times I've like sat and watched some episodes with you, it would combine to about Liar! 60 minutes. It would combine to about 60 minutes. So like that's two episodes. I think she's very, she's very good in this. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll talk about it. Okay. Hi, Lace. Hey, boo. How's it, going? How's it going, my love? When y'all start like this. Yeah. <laughs> this is not... I didn't put this roadblock in our friendship. This is all Michael's fault. And Michael is not on my good side right Michael's now. Michael's catching strays in this episode, dude. <laughs> Jesus Christ. 
Um, okay, so where do I start with Annihilation? This movie has everything I could possibly want in it. It has a full female cast. It's a little bit sci-fi, a little bit horror, gorgeous imagery, incredible soundtrack. The first time I watched this movie, I fucking hated it. <laughs> she was okay. the person that told me not to watch it. I oh, we know. fucking <laughs> oh, we know. hated it. Um, okay. And I was so, I didn't, I would, you said you were putting it on the list and I was like, I swore I would never watch that movie again. But I had to. Uh-huh. And I'm glad I did. Uh-huh. Because I really, really like two thirds of this movie. Okay. And I fucking hate the ending. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. I hate the ending. I knew it. I okay. knew it too. Mm-hmm. But I love everything leading up to it. When you very pointedly told me that you hated it, I was like, it's the ending. Mm-hmm. It's got to be the ending. Because everything up until that is lacy catnip. 1,000%. 1,000%. Okay. So I don't want to jump all the way to the ending just yet. Because we'll argue about that in a second. The good that I think we can all agree on, and I'm jumping a little bit, is the bear scene. I don't. I think maybe you have me. I don't know. <laughs> oh no! I know. I don't. Oh, I think no. maybe you're assuming. Okay. How does everyone? Okay, let me jump back. How does everyone feel about the framing device? I thought I didn't like it, but I think it's fine. Okay. What do you, what do you mean the framing device? Of Natalie being interrogated by Benedict. So in the book, it's a first-person narrative. You don't know who survived, who died. It's just happening in the moment. In the movie, they choose to tell you that Natalie Portman is the only survivor. So you Mm. kind of go into the movie knowing that she will be the only one that comes out alive. Which we'll talk about maybe she doesn't. Who knows? The bear is also not in the book. So that's also a departure. The book is really, really slim. It's like 100, maybe 200 pages. Nobody has names. They all go by their profession. It's really slight, but really terrifying sci-fi book definitely recommend it but how do you feel Lacey about the faces that you just made (laughs) well I don't mind the framing device at all I I kind of like that we had an anchor throughout Uh because it is so abstract and so cerebral so I liked that we kind of had our hands held a little bit through it I didn't mind the framing device do you want me to talk about my faces now, or do you want to get everyone's opinions first? <laughs> uh, Josh. <laughs> Look, anything that gets us more Benedict Wong, I'm pro. Uh, he's fucking awesome. Um, Did you know he was British? No, actually, he didn't. Mind blown. He's got a, he does a really good American. Wow. Yeah. He does a really good American. Really good. That being said, I think, I think a little bit of the inevitability Mel and I were talking about does come from knowing that that Natalie is the only one to make it out. The anchoring of cutting back to the interview with Benedict Wong's character helps us stay sort of calibrated when we do the jump cuts back to also her interactions with Oscar Isaac yeah. and with um, her co-worker. That kind of helps us stay calibrated in that like these jumps are going to keep happening. Mm-hmm. That being said, I would be interested in a cut of the movie that has none of that. Is just the, mm. just the first person. I would be interested to see it, but I definitely did not hate it 
I don't mind it because in it, there's not a lot of exposition. It's yeah. just him kind of prompting her to tell the story and then we go right into it versus in other movies where there is a framing device. It's like, let me tell you a time. And you're like, just fucking show it to me. That's what we're here for. You know, <laughs> um, this one yeah. is just like, okay, I'm just going to quickly get into it. Yeah. It's all kind of clipped and dreamlike. Yeah. Where she's interrogated. They're in the shimmer. She's with Oscar Isaac. It's, it's all kind of weave woven together into a tapestry. I, I had to keep going with that. Yeah. Nice quilt. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. So let's just jump. Cause, cause we've been here for a while anyways. Lazy, you hated it when you first saw it. Was that because of the whole movie or is it just because of the ending made you hate the whole movie? Uh, the first time I watched it, as soon as the bear happened, I was done. What? Oh. Was not into it. Is it the bear or is it Gina's character getting them to the bear? That whole confrontation scene where she has them tied up, I hated. I love... Jane the Virgin, Gina did not do it for me in this scene. Oh, no. In this scene. The first time. For me, in horror, nothing is scarier than what you can come up with in your head. Yeah. The bear gets really close. (laughs) The bear is fucking scary. Um, But I didn't feel, and I don't know how I feel this time around, it's one of those moments. It happens and you're in or you're out with what the story is trying to tell you. And the first time I watched it, no. I don't know what's happening. This is not interesting anymore. They're just giving me lots of what the fuck all over and I'm I'm no longer interested. This time around, I liked the bear a lot. The idea of it melding with its final attack and the fact that it's their friend screaming out to them i mean i can't think of anything scarier than that horrifying absolutely traumatizing okay josh (laughs) i think my favorite part of the movie bear with me because this is going to sound psychotic my favorite part of the movie was how the three team members died because going in there uh, it was very clear uh Jennifer Jason Lee's character, Dr. Ventress, kind of made it very clear that they're all damaged goods, right? Gina Rodriguez's character was an addict. Tessa Thompson's uh, it did self-harm. And Tuba Novotny's character had her child passed from cancer, right? So all of those things that caused them to be damaged goods. This is probably the most intellectual I've gotten about a movie on our podcast. So good job, Michael. Um I'll, I'll just go one by one. So Shepard, Tuba's character, her her damaged goods came from outside forces. Cancer, something she cannot control, took her son. She died from this bear, from an outside force coming into their camp and taking her. Something she can't control. She can't do anything about it. Tessa Thompson's death, I thought, was really powerful. She was all about sort of outer self-harm because of how she was feeling inside, emotionally and mentally. And she decided, because she was exhausted emotionally and mentally, to let the outside physical harm, if you will, win. And she walked off and flowers started to sprout from where all of her scars were. And Gina Rodriguez's character suffered from 
addiction, which is a purely mental illness. Her demise came from a mental break. She she broke mentally, which caused her to tie up her teammates and caused them her to fall for this bear's trap and die. And I think that was my favorite part of this movie was the parallels because like like they said, the shimmer was um what's it called? A, like refracting. Refracted. It refracted their outside conflicts and enhanced them to inside the shimmer. And that's what caused them to die. I really enjoyed it. And I thought it was not so literal to the point where you're like, oh, well, yeah, that makes sense. Right. Like it was. Tessa's was the most literal, but even then it was like very. And that was my favorite one. Like I just oh thought God. she was awesome. just from her, her story from the beginning, like she was the most scared. I felt like the most, I don't know. Everyone kind of seemed like yeah, we're just going to get in there. We're going to do this shit. And she was the one that was like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing here. I'm right. I'm still in college, that type of thing. And I think once she kind of started figuring it out, I think she was one step ahead of everyone. She's the one who figured out like, oh, everything is echoing. Everything's, what's it, a, refact- a refactor? Refraction. Everything's a refraction. Mm-hmm. From that moment, she figured it out. She was like, I'm just going to let this be because we're not yeah. getting out of here. We all know this. So I'm just going to become. And I mean, it's a pretty good way to go compared to everybody else. Comparatively, I, yeah. I really liked her final line that she has too with, you know, you want to beat it. Dr. Ventress wants to confront it. And I mm-hmm. I don't want to do either of those things. I yeah. just, I just want it. I want it to be over. I mean, that was a really beautiful testament to her storyline and her character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I gotta go with the bear just because I was glued to my seat <laughs> and I just the, couldn't. The, the first or the second bear attack? Um, Anya's attack. Yeah, after she yeah. has them all tied up. I, I just yeah. thought, I thought Gina did a great job with that scene, and then when she's out of the picture everyone's just kind of silently reacting to the bear, which is just a terrifying concept. And yeah. I do agree, Lacey, that sometimes it's it's better in your imagination. In the book, every night that they go to sleep, there's this like moaning noise out in the wilderness mm. that they don't really know what it is. And it, that's probably where he got the bear from. But seeing it with its like, you can kind of see part of its skull with like a human skull mm-hmm. in it. And then there's like a moment where it like jostles its jaws and you can hear like guts in its throat. It's just disgusting. So nasty. And then the way it takes her out, it just like rips her jaw off. It's just, it's like a burst of of horror. And then it's back to the quietness Mm -hmm. of of the whole movie. Um, And I just think it's done so well. So let's get to it. Let's get to the ending. Uh, Shepard's gone. Anya's gone. Josie's gone. Helena makes her way to the light house that they've been searching for this whole time Mm -hmm. she's kind of it's been calling to her i love how she's everyone else is there for their own reasons but she's there out of like kind of guilt and and kind of needing to figure out what took her husband Mm -hmm. so she gets there and she looks on a camcorder and realizes that her husband is actually dead and the person that came back to her was a clone essentially at what point did it lose you lace uh, when Dr. Ventrist dies. When she has when she the gets annihilation annihilated. monologue. Yeah. <laughs> the monologue did not even bother me. It's okay. 
from the moment the CGI takes over. And I feel so, I feel like I'm always ragging on CGI on this podcast. I realize that it is an art form in and of itself. And I mean no disrespect to the animators or the engineers that are behind it because I could not in a million years do what you do. And it is brilliantly beautiful work. However, <laughs> <laughs> but every death up until this point has been organic in one way or another, be it an attack or just the acceptance of organic growth and becoming one with the environment. I still don't really understand what happened to Dr. Ventress. She just exploded kind of and went all around and then she was the Maybe I'm stupid. I don't know. I don't get it, and I didn't like it. No, Lacey, I'll say this. I I, th- I felt like I had a pretty firm grasp on the whole movie, including the other ending with Natalie Portman's character and all of that happened. The Ventress death still leaves me scratching my head. If I had a what the fuck, it'd be the Ventress death. Not even the death. I understand her death, kind of like, again, a parallel. Cancer is eating her from the inside out. She gets killed from the inside out. But the after effects of her i guess assimilating a little bit to this alien life form was it in her all along like there's a there's some question marks for me too i guess for me because i don't think i have the right answer i just have an answer that i interpret which is like josh said she's she went in because she has cancer i think she has some idea of what the shimmer can do mm-hmm. and i think she believes if she gets to the lighthouse it can somehow either refract her and maybe make another her or cleanse her body of the cancer Mm -hmm. and i think it ends up consuming her because everyone else dies from a mutation you know the bear takes shepherd and anya josie lets lets the plants mutate her she gets to the actual source of it and it just it's like too much for her and it just completely envelopes and consumes her but then why isn't right it too answer. much for Lena? Because it, it I mean, it could be the cancer. There's nothing wrong. With, yeah, there's nothing wrong with her cells or her body. Because there's all those shots of cells, like, duplicating. Yeah. And mm-hmm. making new cells. And I don't think it can do that with, with Ventress. Because her body's sick. No, but, like, then why doesn't it attack Lena? It does. Why doesn't it, dupl- any- it duplicates her. No, 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 no. It does not attack does. her. She says that from the beginning. It does not attack yeah. me. It was mirroring me. It was copying what I was doing. I did it to myself. Well, here's, here's why. It does not attack her. I I think what we're dealing with, which is why I love the framing device, that's why I ask, is that we're dealing with an unreliable narrator. I think the person that they're interviewing is the clone that escaped, not Lena. Interesting. See, I, I think it's the original Lena, and I don't think she, I think she did, I think the clone did attack her, but I think it was, it only attacked because it was attacked. And I think, I think this whole final scene is sort of a critique of, of human nature. It, it's sort of, Lena, Natalie Portman's character, reacts how we, I think everyone would react if, if we saw an alien, and this sort of um, uh, faceless amorphous clone mm-hmm. is sort of there to show you like, hey, just swinging it like randomly attacking something just because you're unfamiliar with it is a bad idea. It's going to swing back. It shows you like, hey, that was dumb. Like 
it's it's quite literally like we said with sorry to bother you it's the most literal mirror held up you could possibly get because it's it's just going to do what you did to it you try to run it's going to try to run but you have nowhere to go it has no i don't think that scene where it's pinned up natalie up against the door i don't think it's holding her there yeah i think it saw her running she's like oh we're running i'm gonna run too they hit the door natalie's stuck but the clone doesn't know what to do because it's just copying natalie so it's just it's, it's like her own force there. against yeah she's it's she's stopping she's her own worst enemy hold on so you're telling me <laughs> Rashawn, <laughs> mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. at the end na- the lena that escapes is the clone and we yes. watch we're watching real lena become a clone and then disintegrate no i don't i don't think so i i think what the lena in the quarantine her quote-unquote retelling is her kind of developing lena's memories okay then what happened to lena i think she's dead the same way that oscar isaac is dead i only disagree why did he why did she no i disagree because she drinks her water yeah in the beginning when oscar isaac drinks his water he immediately just like can't like he starts bleeding and they have to take it yeah and i i think that this race of alien is learning how to adapt to earth and so i think the look that she gives oscar isaac and that's like a memory that the original lena saw and so i think this alien is like okay if i drink the water this time now i know how to adapt to it i think that's why i think they hug at the end and they both have the shimmer in their eyes is because they're like okay we're learning how to adapt to this race and we're gonna take over this planet then what was the the, thing that exploded i kind of like this i kind of like it what what explosion the 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 phosphorus grenade yeah and then it walks down and it blows up in the in the middle of the of this the the, the basement I, i think that i think that part of the retelling is a lie to to Benedict Wong. Okay, see what... now, Rashawn, you have me. Now I'm interested. Oh. <laughs> now I what like a this a lot. Yeah, I think all the entire movie on, in the Shimmer that we're seeing is this clone retelling the scientists what they need to hear to look at her as a survivor and not an alien life form. Mm. That's that's just my interpretation. You know what? See now. Now I'm kind of on your side. <laughs> Everyone, hold on. Wait a minute. <laughs> because because there's clear evidence in in the videotape of, of Oscar Isaac, or original Oscar Isaac, cutting his teammate open, and of the tripod videotape in the lighthouse that is conveniently left behind. Yeah. You're on to something here, Darrell. See? He's for sure. He's for sure dead. He's dead. He's oh, dead no, 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 no. He's, he's dead. dead. But I'm saying... It would. The it's proof. convenient. Uh, it's convenient of the clone to also leave behind the tripod and just ha- force them to go by her, her word. Yeah, well, I think if it's- that is the case. I love this movie. Well, would you look at that, <laughs> Rashawn? This is a WCA first. <laughs> if that is the story, I'm 100 percent on board. That solves it for me. Get Garland on the phone. Alex, pick up. It is eight o'clock. Pick up. I do want to be clear. That is just Darrell's interpretation. 
I, but like, I but I love that. That's why I thought. That's why I was saying in the beginning. I think this is a a different movie would have aliens like killing people left and right and like yeah blowing up Independence Day style, you know. But this is they're doing it one at a time. <laughs> they're doing it one at a time. They overtake Oscar. They send him back out. All of the scientists come in. Natalie comes out, and they both kind of acknowledge the life form in each other at the end, and they hug, and you see the shimmer in her eye as well. And they're and you like, know okay, some... we're, we're doing this. We're, we got it. There's something to be said about the shimmer being being a trial in and of itself for this alien race. Oh, so you're the only human to make it to the lighthouse. You're going to be a good host. You were the only human to make it out of your group. You're going to be a good host. Mm-hmm. And they wanted Ventress to be a host, but the cells in her body, like the these aliens who replicate cells, like I said, probably obviously can't replicate cancer cells, which is an interesting, when the scrolls take over the Marvel universe, do you know how they get stopped? Josh. Oh my God. Listen, listen. When the scrolls take over the Marvel universe, they begin to replicate powers and not just uh, looks. This is in the comics. Don't worry. This is not a movie. We will talk about Secret Wars when it comes out. Okay. <laughs> Deadpool. Deadpool offers. He's like, look how strong I am. He offers his own DNA, and they're like, fuck yeah. All of the scrolls take his DNA. He's got stage four cancer. They all die. There you go. Because they don't have his regeneration. Because. His regenerative power is so strong. I'm, cu- I'm, 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 I'm cutting you off, Fran. It's <laughs> <laughs> the ending. What it is, I really loved the scene between Natalie Portman and her clone, and I didn't know it was choreographed by like a really famous professional dance choreographer. Mm-hmm. I because, like I said, it, it is the most literal. Here's a mirror to humanity. Like mm-hmm. humanity will always swing first. Aliens are going to swing back. Like. And then suddenly there's a war because you swung first. I loved it. So good. Wow. Wow. What an what wow. What Ooh, an event. Honestly. Listeners, you know, Michael, somebody. Chime <laughs> I'm in. Not, I'm not talking Hit to us. Michael yet. She's still me. <laughs> he brought us together, I think. I don't know. I don't know. But either. let us know. It if this <laughs> you can pull a Josh and be like, Rashawn, this theory is dog water or <laughs> i don't think it is though i think it's human water he was <laughs> quoting you joshua no i know i just wanted it's post flush toilet water post flush oh, yeah so oh, it's good okay. it's clean so it's, it's clear okay okay yeah. all right we're too far let's you guys ready to play some games yeah. oh, I hope so. I play. because the scrolls get his regenerative ability just Are you saying squirrels? Squirrels. <laughs> because they don't they don't have stage four cancer, so their bodies actually over regenerate and like. Rashawn, play the game up. fucking theme song. I want to play the game. Alright, everyone, gird your loins. Riddle me this. It don't matter if you win by an inch or a mile. guessing game. Come on, boy. Boy, play with me. Really bad. Alright, y'all. I need it for this game. Okay. You know what? I'll flip, I'll flip it and reverse it. Okay. This game for Annihilation is called The Bare Necessities. Hey, come on. Don't play the clip. We don't got Disney money. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Yes. My dear cinephiles, I have gone crazy. No. Well. I need to stop crafting games 
assuming that I'm going to get my ass whooped. Cause yeah, oh, you do. No. <laughs> oh, my God. We're all riding high off of the revelation of like coming to an agreement now. <sighs> We're about to destroy each other. Okay. Rude. I have gone crazy. I thought I saw my fingerprints moving. I tied you all to a chair. And now we are stuck in a cabin with a bear, a dangerous bear (laughs) that has ripped my jaw off. (laughs) And I am going to play you a few horrific clips. Oh, God. What the bear has in its throat are screams from previous episodes. You need to tell me. (laughs) (laughs) There There are three points per bear. You can tell me who's speaking, who they are speaking to, and what episode it came from. Okay. Let's do this. Ooh, I don't like this. Okay. Who the cinephile is, who they're talking to, what episode. Three points available on the board. Scream number one. So you, you did some work to these. So fucking disturbing. <laughs> This is you did- the worst thing you have ever done. Oh my god! Worse than Bride gonna- of Chucky. I cannot I believe you just, just did that. Play some clips of no. us. Not he said. Bear you sat at your chair for a little bit. <gasps> I did. I had a little fun. I was bored one day. Run that back. Run that back. I I'm gonna. Th- I feel physically ill. Me I'm too. I was like, I was not expecting that. All now that I know faces, what I'm listening, I wish you had been recording that. <laughs> okay, now that I know what I'm listening oh! for. Okay, I got okay. it. Scream number one. Okay. Josh? That's Lacey. Okay. I think she was yelling at me because I. Because I heard my voice in there too. I I don't know. Nightmare. I don't know. Josh has two points. Would anyone else like to guess which episode that was from? I'm yelling at Josh. You are yelling at Josh. That could be any episode. Literally any episode. <laughs> <laughs> How is that me? I can't get. <laughs> that was my voice. That's you inside the belly of a bear. Bear took you out, girl. Ready for the answer? Yeah. The lack of miscongeniality feels like you tipping the cards a little bit. Yeah, oh we're getting my God, into it already. It's not a rom com. <laughs> <laughs> that was from episode eighty-eight, Julia Roberts versus Sandra Bullock. I stand by what I said. Oh, I feel ill. You didn't like hearing yourself like that? No, hey, that's scary. Fucked <laughs> okay, up, Rashawn. For... I know. <laughs> Scream number two. Scream two. <laughs> I, saw, I saw Josh's hand first. No! That was me. Okay. I One think point. I was probably yelling at you, Rashawn. Two point. It's a fucking holiday movie. Are you high? Oh, shit. Lacey. I know it is. Oh, now I'm, it. now I'm second. Is that Love Actually? That is incorrect. Oh, fuck. Is it... Is it Muppet Christmas Carol? 
Lilith. Is it, Shit! Is it Elf? That is also incorrect. What the fuck? How many episodes have we done? Scrooge. <laughs> it's gotta be Scrooge. I'm That's saying, I'm saying there, that that ending moment gets by on a lot of holiday sentimentality. That's the fucking point. No, that's, that's the not. Point, it's a holiday movie. Are you high? What is going on? <laughs> Josh is in the lead with four points. Gina's it's got still... nothing on me, dude. You are in the belly. I'm scared. Okay. <laughs> it's anybody's game, though. Okay, yes. It's you to me. Okay, it is me. Okay. I'm not yelling at you. Okay. So context clues. So I heard Lacey's laugh in the background. So I would assume if it's not Mela, it's either Lacey's maniacally laughing because Rashawn's yelling at her or she's, or she's laughing because she's not in the middle of it. So I'm going to say you're yelling at me. That is incorrect. So me? Oh, here. Process you're of elimination. You cannot answer. <laughs> <laughs> But you can guess the episode. <laughs> yeah, you can guess the episode. Uh, now and then, I don't know. <laughs> Would anyone else like to guess? I can't even make out what you're saying. Um, no, you, yeah, you're yelling at her because of not another teen movie. Well said. That was a good argument, Rashawn. Please vote for me, please. <laughs> Lacey. Lacey, I think it's time for us to cast our votes. Oh, oh God. I just want to say <laughs> that if there's anyone on this podcast that ever called me a friend, now's the time to prove it. <gasps> <laughs> I think when I first heard that the desperation in your voice when you said that, I rewound it probably six times. <laughs> please. Please. That was from episode 10. The best of the decade performances. Damn. Throwback. Uh, Josh has four. Lacey has, uh, Lacey has zero. Mella has one. Josh. Don't think it's Mel because the three of us have gone. You're going to try and throw us a loop. So I'm going to say me. That's incorrect. Mela, you were second. I'm going to say it's you yelling to me. That is also correct. It was you. Me, Mela? Yes. What? Who was she talking to? I'm, I'm going to guess she was talking to you about our uh, best of the year performances. Uh, she's yelling at me about white chicks. <laughs> it really did that energy feel really earned. So, do you think it was bad writing or a bad performance? Cause... There was some bad writing in there. Let me talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. From, Bring it up. They're like, by who sang it? I should have written this down. I'm gonna, I'm gonna paraphrase it here. But in the beginning. They're, they're like using a fake Batman and then like the real Batman comes out <laughs> and the guy in the back of the truck's exactly. like I know exactly I could the chubby guy yeah he's like yeah. what gives you the right 
Yeah, what gives you the right? What I makes you different from me and you? Yeah. I'm not wearing hockey pants. <laughs> yes. Yes. The fucking Dark Knight. Jeez. Episode two of the Dark Knight. We ever recorded. Madman. <laughs> uh this is the last one. So Mela, you can tie with Josh. Uh-oh. Lacey. The bear took. This you. is not my game. This is a crazy game. It's okay. Nuts. I told you I was gonna do this. She missed the whole thing she <laughs> I know. <laughs> Lacey never put her hand down. I'm gonna Josh. Mr. Sean yelling at Mella in our born episode about eating chicken fingers during the pen fight. You're a fucking liar, Camilla. I told you. Speak on it, Rishon. I told you I was gonna do this. She missed the whole pen fight because she was eating chicken fingers. survive the screen bear and it looks like you out of all of us have the bear necessities <laughs> so cute <laughs> <laughs> you know who played Baloo in the live action Bill Murray what you he was, he was great actually okay <clears throat> one more game you guys ready <laughs> I want to play the game all right, everyone, gird your loins. Riddle me this. It don't matter if you win by an inch or a mile. I'm a guessing game. Come on, boy. Boy, play with me. Really this final game for Sorry to Bother You is called Sorry to Reference You. I am a <laughs> telemarketer. I am going to ring you up and read you a prompt that I give every prospective customer. Stick to the script. I'm sticking to the script. Here's how it works. There are movie references in this script. Whether it's a quote, a title, an allusion to a title, a clue to a title, what have you. Okay. All's fair. At the end of the script, I'll read it two times if you like. Everyone's going to place a bet on how many actual references there are in the script. And then you can guess as many as you want. You get a point for each guess, each correct guess. Got it. Are they all from the same movie or does the script have a bunch of different movies in it? They're all different, different movies. Person with the most correct guesses will win. I'll read it. I'll read it twice just so it. Ready? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Hello there. Apologies for interrupting you. I'm calling to make you an offer you can't refuse. For one night only, I'm offering a collection of films for a cinephile that looks just like you. Now, 
Listen carefully because this next part concerns you. A film about a killer with an obsession for deadly sins? Or how about the world's greatest detective and the woman with nine lives? Bring it on. This national treasure will make you say, show me the money. So round up those dead presidents. You know, Lincoln, JFK, all the king's men. Give us a call for some scary trivia. And I hate to yell twice, but call now. Call us a crazy person. But this just might be the beginning of a beautiful friendship. I do wish we could chat longer, but I'm having an old friend for dinner. So long, partner. Rashawn, that so was good. really How fucking cool, Rashawn. Think of this shit. That was really um, cool. <laughs> do you guys need? I mean, well, do you guys need it? I don't. I got what I. I got the ones I think I will know. Okay. But the but the highest bet will just go first. Everyone gets to guess. Okay. Read it one more time. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm petty. Okay. It's any kind of reference. So. Ring, ring. Apologies for interrupting you. I'm calling to make you an offer you can't refuse. For one night only, I'm offering a collection of films for a cinephile that looks just like you. Now, listen carefully because this next part concerns you. A film about a killer with an obsession for seven deadly sins. <laughs> Just gave that to you. It's fine. <laughs> or how about the world's greatest detective and the woman with nine lives? Bring it on. This national treasure will make you say, show me the money. So round up those dead presidents. You know, Lincoln, JFK, all the king's men. Give us a call for some scary trivia. And I hate to yell twice, but... Call now. Call us a crazy person, but this just might be the beginning of a beautiful friendship. I do wish we could chat longer, but I'm having an old friend for dinner. So long, partner. Fuck. Mm. Okay. Who would like to <laughs> place their first bet? My first bet is 12. Fuck. If nobody can beat 12, then he gets to go first. And the first wrong answer he gets, his turn is over. Okay. I don't think, I can't do more than that. I could do 10. Mella? Go for it, Mella. I did 20. <gasps> oh. But I'm not confident. Okay. So what now? So Mella, you get to go <laughs> first. <laughs> so I want you to name off as many as you can. The first wrong answer you get. You're done. Oh my god. You just need to guess as many as you can. So you want to go one at a time? No. Okay. The Godfather. That's one. <laughs> I don't, don't even think up. this is the title. Fuck it. Seven. Yes. Sherlock Holmes. Damn it. It wasn't Sherlock Holmes? No. My turn. We got Jerry Maguire. The Batman, sorry. What? It's okay. You're not eliminated. We're just going to keep going around, Robin. Okay. okay. Me? Well, I have, way I, more, I have way more guarantees, dude. I'm going with the ones I know for sure. I thought the Batman was because he talks about... Okay. Silence of the Lambs. Casablanca. Toy Story 3. Mm. Uh... Yes. Yeah. No. Mm. Go. 
Uh, Lincoln. Yes. Catwoman. What? Mella. Mella. My turn. Rashawn. What do you mean? Uh, no, Toy Story three is not it. It's Toy Story, but I will give it to you. Um, I have. I'm pulling up receipts. Go. I gave it to one you. One night only. Uh huh. What movie is that? Tina Turner one with Josh. Ah. <laughs> 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 uh- <laughs> um. <laughs> I was like, I don't know the name of it. Uh, National Treasure. Yes. Oh! It's one. It's your, you gotta wait till your turn. Okay. Come on. I thought I said Bring National it. Treasure. I didn't? No. Fuck! You, pro- Did, you probably were gonna say no, it No, you didn't. No, you didn't. Um, Bring it on. Uh, JFK. Uh, All the King's Men. Yes. Scream? Yes. Um, I don't know, the town? No. Lacey. Josh got yeah. five. I don't know Six. if this will count because Josh said all the Kingsmen, but what about, I don't know, Kingsmen? <laughs> <laughs> I put it too, girl. I'm not wrong. It's it's, you're not wrong, but all the Kingsmen was the, was the reference. So, you're good. so it goes to Mella. Also, I have the clip pulled up. He does say it in Toy Story 3. To Andy. Just say But I think because he says it in Toy Story 1. Go ahead. Um, they both work. Oh my god, girls. take the point away then. <laughs> You're the only one fighting after you got the you point. You and Josh are making me feel stupid. I will eliminate you from this. this I will call story. the bear back. I will call <laughs> the bear back. <laughs> Mella, go. Dream girls. There we go. Yay. Well, that's it. I'm done. <laughs> that's all I got. Josh. Um, I think I'm out too. I think I'm tapped. Lace. <laughs> not talking to you, but call me by your name. No. I just took a guess because you said call okay. a bunch of times. <laughs> uh, Mella? No, like I'm done with my list. <laughs> <laughs> Would anyone like to make a final guess before the final tally? Uh, moon- moonlight. No. They're not even professing. <laughs> You're just guessing my favorite movies. <laughs> <laughs> Annihilation. <laughs> I'm just I'm gonna read it again and insert the movies. How's that work? Okay. Sure. Great. Ring ring. Apologies for interrupting you. Sorry to bother you. I'm I'm calling you to make an offer you can't refuse. The Godfather. For one night only, Dream Girls. I'm offering a collection of films for a cinephile that looks just like you. Twins. Now, listen carefully because this next part concerns you. Kill Bill Volume 2. A film about a killer with an obsession, 7. Or how about the world's greatest detective, everyone's gonna yell at me, and the woman with nine lives, Batman Returns. Returns. Fucking A, dude. Bring it on, bring it on. This National Treasure and Jerry Maguire, you got those. So round up those dead presidents, the movie Dead Presidents. Uh, you know, Lincoln, JFK, All the King's Men, we got those. Give us a call for some scary trivia. Scream. And I hate to yell twice. Scream two. Uh-huh. But call now. Call us a crazy person. Psycho. Ugh. But this just might be the beginning of a beautiful friendship. Casablanca. 
I do wish we could chat longer, but I'm having an old friend for dinner. Silence of the Lambs. So long, partner. Toy Story. Three. (laughs) (laughs) We have done so well this episode, Lacey. That Batman Returns one was sneaky, dude. Sneaky, sneaky, sir. It's Josh's night. He is the winner of Sorry to Reference You. Congrats. With seven Congratulations, Josh. Thank you for your sincere congratulations, (laughs) ladies. (laughs) I'm going to kick it back to my co-host, Mella, for a wrap-up on her movie. Yeah, so wrapping things up, sorry to bother you. I feel like we need more Boots Riley movies in our life. Also, 2018 was just like a a crazy year full of mindfucks, but also like really intellectual, eye-opening, artistic filmmaking. Even with a lot of horse cock at the end. <laughs> Johnny? And wrapping things up on my end, I think we can all come to the conclusion that Annihilation is a four for four? Yeah, Shocker? I know. It is now. Um, it's now. It is now. <laughs> we will be waiting for listener DMs to let us know if this theory is great or total bullshit. But it has an amazing cast, great direction by Alex Garland, and a trippy ass ending that will make or break your enjoyment of the movie. No horse cock, but a crazy ass bear. Yep. We'll take it. <laughs> and it's and a score you can feel in your in the marrow of your bones. Oof, baby. Yeah. Pulse pounding, you know? That is it for this week's episode of this double, very special listener episode of When Cinephiles Attack. Thank you to John from CT. Thank you to Michael. We love we you. We appreciate you so much. It, it means the world that you're emailing us and, and reaching out and that you're listening. Hopefully, this episode did not turn you away. <laughs> <laughs> you can find this and all of our episodes on Spotify, Stitcher, Good Pods, iHeartRadio. Uh, find us on social media, Twitter and Instagram, at Cinephile Attack. And if you have a suggestion for an episode or you want to show us some love, email us whencinephilesattack at gmail.com. From Rashawn, Mella, Josh, and Lacey. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you at the movies. Goodbye. So long, partner. Yeah. Yeah. From Toy Story. From Toy Story 3. <laughs> <laughs>